Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. I am so excited for our conversation today with our guest who's going to be talking all about her experience of running a business with ADHD. And I'm going to share some of my learnings from that too, because some parts are great about having ADHD as a business owner and some parts not so much. And hopefully we're going to be able to stay on track. We were joking about this before we got on because we both have ADHD. So we're just kind of going to see how it goes. And outside of being an empowering voice for people with ADHD, she helps creatives, coaches, and consultants stop being broke and start getting more clients by creating an irresistible service that they can turn into a scalable offer in her program, Yay for 100K, which I'm obsessed with the name of that. And (laughs) At the time of recording this, she is also very pregnant, so she may have to get up and take a couple of potty breaks during. <laughs> you might hear minute. me tinkle in this podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We don't really know what's going to happen today, but you can learn more about her on her website at CourtneyShaw.com, and you can find her on Instagram, same place. So welcome, Courtney Shaw. I am so glad that you are here, and I'm so glad that we are talking today just in general and about this ADHD topic. Oh, this is like my favorite. This is like, I'm so, I'm so jazzed for this. I love talking about this. I, it, yeah. So let's, let's do it. Let's dive yeah. in. Let's do it. So before we dive into the ADHD topic, just give everybody a little background on you, your business, like how you actually got started in your business. And then yeah. we can talk a little bit about how ADHD has affected that. Yeah. Which is so funny. Cause like, obviously those two things are like very, intimately linked, but I didn't know it until about a year ago. Um, so I started my business, um, about 10 years ago. Um, yeah, it's 2021 right now. It was 2011 then. Um, I was, so I have a French degree, um, from school and I moved to Paris after doing that because I have ADHD and I was like, let's go to France. So I did, um, which is where I met my husband who is from Algeria. And so I ended up staying for two years. Um, and during that time, I was really trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life and what career am I going to have? And, and all of that. And I stumbled upon blogging and like this world of online entrepreneurship and Marie Forleo and Danielle Laporte and like all those kind of original <laughs> people on the internet. OGs of the internet. (laughs) Exactly. And um, that's really when I discovered 
online business and I was like, oh, this is, this is awesome because, and the, the sort of phrase that went on in my head was if I could just make 30 K a year for the rest of my life and not have to get a real job, I would be just jazzed. I would be so happy. I'd just be this bohemian living abroad and like doing whatever. And so, um, you know, I got, I got really, you know, hit with that dream, you know, and my dream now I'm like, it was pretty small, but at the time that was like huge for me. So, um, so I, you know, continued to, you know, I took B school, I did all these things, um, you know, programs. I, I ended up starting my business in copywriting because after a lot of investigation, I realized I really loved, um, copywriting. And so I started working with clients writing copy. Um, in the meanwhile, in my personal life, I had moved back to the States. I'm from Michigan originally. I was, you know, back at home for a while. My, you know, now husband, then boyfriend was immigrating um, to Canada through Quebec. I mean, this was like so stimulating and exciting for my ADHD brain. Like I was like, yes, like I can be a suitcase entrepreneur and like digital nomad. And so I would go to Montreal for a couple months, go back to Michigan. I would go visit people all over the country. I was like kind of all over the place. Um, and then I started to get this real, um, urge to, you know, quote unquote, settle down a bit more. I was feeling very, um, needed, I was needing like some grounding in my life. Um, and at the same time, I feel like there's this parallel growth in my business where I started to take my business a lot more seriously. Like it just started to mature a bit more. So I, I evolved through copywriting into specifically writing sales pages for course creators. Then from that, I started to notice that most entrepreneurs were struggling with was understanding how to package position and sell their services in the first place that like they just had no idea how to get clients and to start making a full-time income from their business. So I launched my program Yay for Clients in summer of 2016. Um, and then it was in the spring of 2020, you know, great times for everybody <laughs> that I launched my program that we run today called Yay for 100K, which you mentioned, um, which is what we really realized is, you know, Yay for Clients was a great program. Um, I love courses. I teach people how to create courses, but I really wanted to help people in a much more high level in-depth way. So um, we have this much more um, exciting program now, Yay for 100K, where we work with our clients for a full 12 months. We help them to book out their services and turn their service into a signature program that they launch before the end of their time working with us. So um, then at the end of that, they have the, sort of they have the service and the course. And yeah, that's that's what we're doing right now. I think that's amazing. So many service providers want to learn how to create a course on top of their services. So that's amazing. I'm so glad that you offer that. So, okay. Love that. My brain was kind of going a little crazy when you were talking about all of these different like life experiences that you were having. Cause I was trying to visualize you like traveling to Montreal and then going yeah. to Paris and, um, of course, ADHD in action, but when did you find out that you actually, or figure out, I should say that you actually had ADHD? Was it while you were in your business? Was it when you were younger? Do you remember when that turned? Yeah. Oh, happened? that was, it was like, it was July of 2020. Um, so about a year ago, a little more. Um, so in retrospect, it's very obvious. It, it's, I mean, I don't know how somebody didn't go, Hey, <laughs> you have ADHD, <laughs> we can all see it because it's just, we, th th nobody does that, right? I mean, until, 
until you just stumble on a podcast like this. And I can't tell you how many, because I've done podcast episodes on my own podcast about ADHD. I cannot tell you, dozens of people have gotten diagnosed because I shared that I have ADHD. And I don't know what to make of that. It baffles me. But I think we just don't have, I think it's happening now. You know, this conversation is evidence of just that, but there just wasn't a conversation that this was even a thing. It was never was on my radar. So what happened was last summer, I hit a breaking point. And I really think the pandemic and the restrictions and the lockdowns and the lack of stimulation and all of that, I think it pushed my symptoms over the edge to the point where it I I couldn't do all my little like circus tricks to manage it anymore that I, you know, adapted to in my life. And I really was getting to this point of wondering what is wrong with me? Like I I was forgetting everything. I was um, dropping so many balls in my business. I was, you know, I had this assumption when I hit my thirties that I would suddenly get better at being an adult, but I was getting worse at being an adult. Like things I thought, would, like, I'll get better at like doing dishes and laundry and remembering things, being organized and like having a calendar, like that will come with maturity. It was getting harder. It was getting worse. And and I was like, I, I just don't understand like what is going on with me. So. Um, I was having, so I, I, I broke down crying. I called my mom and my mom had just so happened to speak with a friend of hers who was a social worker who knew about ADHD. And she'd been talking to this, this friend about my brother. So it wasn't even about like me. And because my brother had been struggling for years and years and years, we thought he might have depression. Um, he would just go comatose for like a week set of, weeks at a time and we couldn't get a hold of him. And then he would act like nothing happened. I mean, it was, we could not figure out what was going on with him. So um, in that, she had talked to this friend about um, ADHD and the friend said like, you know, you should look into that. And we're like, no, that can't be it. And then my mom said to me, maybe you should look into this and I was like, no, I'm not like a rambunctious little boy bouncing off the walls. Like I did well in school, like this doesn't make any sense. Well, I went to my computer immediately and I took one of those little questionnaires that they have. And it was like, highly correlates with ADHD, like every symptom about you. And I, I went through this questionnaire and it was things I thought were just my personality. Like I'm loud and I interrupt and I'm extroverted and um, I'm very, you know, a lot of this like talkativeness and things like that. And I thought, well, I thought those, these are just personality traits. And I actually started crying right then and there because I felt so validated. The realization I had was all these, I thought I had like all these little problems that I had to solve. And I realized in this moment, all of these problems I have, they're all covered under this one umbrella. It's all one thing. And I just, I, I didn't realize how much it was stressing me out until there was some kind of answer. So that was really what happened for me uh, in July of 2020. Yeah. And it's so funny that you mentioned your podcast because that's kind of how I realized I had it too, when you were doing that interview with Denise. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, cause I, I had recently signed up for her boot camp, and I, I don't know, yeah. I saw, I don't know how I saw it, but, um, and I was listening to it and I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds like me. This sounds like something that I have. So like you did, I went down this like ADHD rabbit hole online and I was like, I have never felt more seen in my entire life. It yeah. just opened like everything in my life finally made sense to me. And just like you, like you thought that they were personality traits and it was the same thing for me. Like I remember very vividly 
when we moved into the house that we're in now, I literally unpacked the entire house and hung up all of the decorations in one weekend. And my family was like, yeah, they thought they thought that I was crazy. And I'm like, doesn't everybody yeah. do this? <laughs> like, There's like, so funny uh, you say that because I literally just moved like this, like, uh, like this week, <laughs> I just moved. And because I'm really pregnant, I can't do that. And it has been the most frustrating thing for me to have to slowly and steadily unpack our apartment. And I'm like, I wanted to like pull an all nighter and get it all done. And literally, yeah, like pictures on the wall, decor, like done, hyper focus. And people saying like, oh, you got to take it slow. I'm like, you don't understand. I don't do that. I'm either on or off. There's no take it slow. Yep. 100%. I remember like three months after we moved in, our neighbors were like, Oh, how's the unpacking coming? I was like, I did that the first weekend. People just like think that I'm this weird person, but (laughs) similar to you, when you were like, I'm not a little boy. Like I, I, I'm not jumping out of my chair. Like I can sit down. I don't, I thought the same thing. Like I thought ADHD was correlated with little boys who were not able to sit in their chair at school because that's, I feel like that's what we've seen. But the flip side of that, well, first of all, I think there's a spectrum. Like there's obviously more advanced cases than others, but um, also the hyper-focus thing. I want to talk about that a little bit because that's not something that I realized either until I started thinking back personally about like the different things that I have done in my life. Like I'm packing an entire three, four bedroom house in a weekend and like why I used to sit at my computer for 16 hours a day and feel like I didn't have to get up. So can you talk about that a little bit? Is that something that you have noticed in your business too? Yeah, I think when I first learned about hyperfocus, it didn't immediately resonate with me because it's like the fish in water doesn't know what water is. And like, no, I don't do that. And then then I started to, <laughs> it's like, then I got it in my head. I'm like, oh no, I definitely do that. Like a hundred percent. Um, I I could crank out, you know, uh a bunch of Instagram content or a bunch of content for my business, or I could create a whole program in a weekend. And then I probably won't look at it for a month and a half, you know? Um, so I think the hyper-focus thing, ADHD, in my opinion, is, is, it's neutral, right? I think everything's neutral, but it's a neutral thing. It's just, Hey, this is how your brain functions. And it just so happens that the world we live in, the society we live in is not, super friendly to a brain that functions that way in in a lot of senses right in a lot of ways that the the we you know have nine to five jobs and the way that we're expected to work and the way we're expected to do things that said i think that things like hyper focus can be used as incredible strengths right um because i know that once i get really passionate about something like you mentioned going down the adhd rabbit hole i know that that I read like 10 or 15 books about ADHD in like a two week period. I could not stop. And guess what? I haven't read a single book about ADHD since then. <laughs> and yeah, it's fine. No, that's I don't how I get with to. all of my passions. It's the exact same thing. Exactly. It's like two weeks on then never again. Yeah. And what it allowed me to do was to finally let go of this, this criticism I was giving myself this expectation I had on myself to do things how society told me to do them, to keep my house tidy in a certain way, to, um, you know, do my laundry in a certain way. And it really, for me, I, I chose to view it as just a big permission slip 
for me to just function the way that I function. And, um, and that I've, I've, and because I see it that way, it's been really freeing. On the other hand, I know people who have, who feel like ADHD is the reason that they can't be successful. And unfortunately, if you decide to see it that way, then it is going to be that. Like if you're, you're trying to put, you know, a round peg in a square hole, it's not going to work or the opposite square peg and round hole is not going to work. Right. Um, so I think this choosing to embrace these qualities, the hyper-focus, um, especially the hyper-focus, I feel like, because I know when I get hyper-focused, I'm like, I've got to strike while the iron's hot because the iron is going to cool down and then I will never be able to get this thing done ever again. I have a closet right now in the room that I'm in in my office that is going to be my closet for my clothes. And the baseboards have to go on in the closet. And I know that if this doesn't get done this weekend, it will never happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm like, the whole closet has to be built this weekend or it will never happen. It's not this thing like, oh, we'll do it in a month. We'll do it after the baby comes. It's like, no, we won't. It please happen now or it's never going to happen. I'm laughing right now because I know this. Oh my gosh. I know this so well. And especially before we had my son, like I had the entire nursery done when I was like 24 weeks, because I'm like, if I don't do it now, it's never going to happen. And he didn't even go into that nursery until he was like seven months old. So it was like done for a year before we even used it. But like you said, if you don't do it now, it's literally never getting done. And yeah. And you could have just spent that time, like being like, well, we don't need it. It's silly. Like, why am I doing this? Like, it doesn't make sense, but that's judging how you work best when you knew I'm going to be the most efficient right now because I'm hyper-focused on getting this done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's also not just the hyper-focus, but also about the times in the day too. I don't know if it, if that is something that you struggle with, but like Mm. morning and like whenever I wake up like six 30 until two o'clock is my best time of day to work. And I am in hyper-focus mode during that time. After that, I am useless to the world. Like I am going to be watching TV. Yeah. I'm going to be doing something with my son. Like I can't do anything else. So do you notice that it shows up in your day-to-day like that too? Yeah. I, you know, I wish I was as clear on that as your, um, as your sort of timeline, but I think, I think I might have something similar to that. So I know that, um, I need really spacious mornings and I, I, I normally wake up around, um, like seven, seven thirty. So I need like, I need like three hours in the morning <laughs> to, and it's not because I need to wake up. It's, it's not like I'm cranky in the morning. It's like, I need my time for to allow my brain to like do its thing without telling it to do something. And so it gives me that time to, you know, I personally really enjoy journaling and reading and and like I kind of let myself fall down rabbit holes of like, oh, I'm reading about this topic and like that's my time to do that. Um, So I normally don't take any meetings until 10 um, or later, because then I can get into the workday. I think I'm probably best late morning. I have, see, I love that you have like six 30 until two. Cause it's like a nice solid block of time. I'm like 10 until one. And then I kind of hit this, um, you know, afternoon slump for a while. And then I actually get really, um, a good burst of energy around like 7 PM. <laughs> so it's like very strangely separate period of time. And I used to get really frustrated because I would go kind of comatose in the afternoon and I'm like, I need to work. Like it's work time. I need, it's three o'clock. I need to do work, but I just couldn't. So now I just, I kind of let myself just sit and 
watch Dr. Phil and eat ice cream or whatever. And then I know that, you know, I might, I might feel more creative in the afternoon. So I tend to be better at doing like tasks in the late morning. And then my creativity and my flow kind of happens in the evening. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting how everybody's so different in that regard. And it'll be even more interesting to see how that changes once you have a baby in the mix too. Yeah. So, right. Have you thought about that at yeah, all? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, it's so hard because I, I have no control over it. And it's like, what am I going to like there? There's nothing for me to really do with it right now. So I think the best thing for me right now is just preparing for the fact that I won't have control over it. Um, and and I was talking to my mom about this because my mom also has ADHD. And this has been fun for us over the last years, like looking back on my entire life, her entire life, like things we used to do as a family because we are pretty sure both my brothers. Oh, by the way, that brother I talked about, he definitely has ADHD. ADHD medication is the thing that like, like, like changed his entire life. Um, his is much more severe than mine because he had a lot of concussions from um, playing hockey. And so, um, it's, it's, it was absolutely game changing for him. Um, I digress. I was talking to my mom about the baby thing. And I was like, the hardest thing for me is that because I have ADHD, um, logistics are really hard for me and timelines are really hard for me and having multiple different variables that it's like an X, Y spectrum, but like both the X and Y variables could go either way. It's like nothing is known. Right. And so, um, I'm kind of trying to prepare for multiple different situations, but I think where I've had to land is trying to get away from, I hope this makes sense, but getting away from black or white thinking of like, I'm 100% not working, or I'm hundred percent am working or like, you know, I'm going to have this schedule or I'm not going to have this schedule is kind of playing with, all right, maybe there's small pieces of work that I'm going to do, um, during my maternity leave just to keep my brain active, but but I don't know exactly how I'm going to do that work or like how that's going to show up. Um, I also know that, you know, with, and you know, much better than me, but I know with a a newborn, I don't have a lot of control over their schedule. And then after that, their schedule changes a lot over time. So I know that's something I'm going to have to adapt to. So I'm kind of just going in open-ended with like, I know this might be really hard for me. I know it might be stressful. I know it also the silver lining is and i've had uh, friends who have adhd and had kids tell me this is like it's new with babies all the time which is very stimulating for your dopamine is like oh it's constantly changing like we like that so it's that kind of paradox with adhd of like we need structure but we hate it and also like we need constant stimulation but it can create a lot of chaos so i'm i don't have a clear plan but i'm making peace with all those variables if that makes sense yeah absolutely and i think that's as somebody who's been there, my son's two and a half, almost two and a half now. So yeah, when I had him, I didn't know that I had ADHD. I just thought that's how I was. That's how my brain worked. And I wish now looking back that I had done kind of what you're doing, where just, just giving yourself a ton of grace to just figure out how yeah. this baby is going to work with your life, with your business, all of that, because every single baby is really different. Like my son, we sleep trained him from basically day one. So he was a really good sleeper and he still is like now he'll nap for like three or four hours in the middle of the day, which is amazing. (laughs) Um, but other babies they're colicky and they're screaming 23 hours out of the day. So it's like, you also really don't know until that baby comes. So the more white space that you can give yourself, the better. Yes. 
Spaciousness for me is absolutely key in general, right? Like I need lots of spaciousness because transitions are hard for me. So like going from one thing to the next immediately is really hard. So creating spaciousness, creating spaciousness by having a nice cushy, gushy, I was going to say cushy maternity leave. I, I, I know I, it's not that I'm not going to work the entire time, but having it so that if I, if it is, I do need that, that time, then I have it. That's what sort of, um, my, my strategy is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My guess is you'll probably want to work, but like make them fun things. (laughs) Don't make, don't put any like hard tasks that you have or like hard projects that you have to think too much. Oh, I don't do hard tasks anyway. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Good. Good. That actually kind of leads into the next um, topic that I wanted to talk about was your business and your team. So have you made any hire specifically because you have ADHD? Yes. And I love this. this is perfect transition because I, okay. I found out I was pregnant at the very end of January and literally it was a Friday and my operations manager, my new operations manager started the following Monday, February 1st. Like the timing was hilarious. Oh my gosh, so that's I was hiring the operations manager because I knew I needed someone to run my business. Um, because of my ADHD, because I need to be the visionary. I need to be in my strengths. I need to be focused on content creation and coaching and the things that I'm really good at. Um, so I'd already hired uh, full time. She's my first full time employee operations manager. Um, and then I've immediately found out I was pregnant. So me preparing for maternity leave, which, by the way, for anyone listening, I really want to encourage you to consider, even if you don't have kids and don't want kids and it's not relevant to you, having a business owner, listening to a business owner plan for a maternity leave is absolutely relevant to you because it's just about being able to take time away from your business without your business like coming to a standstill without you there. And what I've found is that a lot of people find um, uh, women talking about maternity leave unrelatable if they don't want to have kids when it should be like seeing a woman be able to step away from her business for three months <laughs> should be inspiring to you whether or not you want to have children so yeah, and call it a sabbatical entire, like don't call it maternity yeah call, call it, it a, a vacation call it call it doing nothing you know right. call it just creating a streamlined business right um being pregnant has given me a fixed deadline so it's been very motivating for that right because i there's like <laughs> i have to do it um so that's really helpful a sabbatical plan the sabbatical buy a plane ticket like do something to put skin in the game on that but what it's helped me to do is is spend this entire year preparing my business for me not to be required and i would say at this point um I'm about 80% removed from the business. So there's still about 20% that really needs me. I still am very involved in our coaching. Uh, though we do have an awesome coaching team inside of the program, I'm, I'm still very involved in coaching. I'm still very involved in marketing and sales. And so um, I, I'm not 100% involved in those things, but I am still necessary to a degree. Um, and so uh, during my maternity leave, I will be touching base on those areas of the business um, to my comfort level. But we have spent the year, you know, the operations manager, she has taken on everything HR, everything finance, everything um, systems. She um, does all our admin and tech work. Um, it's um, I, I just have to say it's so amazing because I've worked with, you know, online business managers in the past, you know, people who have their own business, but they manage your business, all of that. And that's there's a time and a place for all those things. 
having a full-time employee who is literally dedicated to your business, it is amazing how much they can take on and get done um, versus somebody coming in like who's not 100% dedicated. So that has really helped me to be able to slowly, again, this started in February and I'm going on maternity leave October 1st. So we've taken that number of months to get to a point where um, I can really let go of the reins. Yeah, I love that. And I completely agree with everything that you said, especially the full-time team member. I, I'm not at that point yet. I'm getting close to it. And I'm so excited for the day that I could bring an operations manager on because that's going to be my first hire too, because I'm just at the point yeah. where I'm like, I just want somebody else to run it for me. Like I will show up and do the things that I need to be doing, but I don't want to do it all anymore. I'm, I'm over. Yeah. I have part-time team members who are helping me now, but once I get that full-time person, oh, cannot wait for it. I'm so excited for that. Um, oh, it's, it's, oh, it's so wonderful. I can't even explain. <laughs> I know I've heard from a lot of other people, um, that it's the best decision that they've ever made. Yeah. Um, I also want to know, does your husband have ADHD too? Mm, okay. So this is really interesting because, um, we don't know. Um, so he has some other, um, things, uh, going on. I, I won't like divulge his medical situation, but he was going to a, um, a naturopath who specialized in kind of like brain stuff, which is really cool. And I actually would love to do this in the future. Um, and he was working with my husband to, uh, wean lower or wean off of a medication he was on for something else and, um, and was doing some work with him. And so in that, in that they did some brain scanning and the naturopath also specializes in ADHD and said that looking at my husband's brain, it looks like he has ADHD from his brain scan, which I thought was super interesting because I don't have a brain scan, um, telling me of ADHD. I have symptoms and a diagnosis. We think that my husband, my hypothesis um, is that he was not born with ADHD, but that he had a, a brain injury as a very young child and that there is some uh, that damage in his brain has created ADHD like symptoms because he doesn't have like some of the classic hallmarks of ADHD, but he definitely has So, um, and this is the ADHD is such a nebulous thing, right? Like it's, you can't nail it to the wall. So we just sort of, instead of kind of worrying about, you know, do you have it? Yes or no, this like binary choice, what we work on together and, you know, we will work on over time is understanding each person's dispositions and what works for each person. I would say the things we have in common is we're both really messy and we are both very spontaneous and we both love just like doing like random fun spontaneous things like ooh like do you want to go out tonight and like do something fun like and we'll, we're the people who will call our friends at the last minute and of course none of them are like able to come out with us because they all needed to be prepared like three weeks in advance to go out for dinner or something but we're like we're like the spontaneous people who are ready for anything i love that and they're actually the reason that i asked was because i was wondering what the dynamic looked like between you two whether or not he had it because my husband yeah. does not have it. And he thinks, he thinks I'm crazy. The majority of the time, like I'll have a conversation <laughs> with him and the topic will change like four times in 30 seconds. And he was like, yeah. can we go back yeah. to topic number one, please? <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, does that ever happen with you guys? Like just random things like that? Or are you just kind of both he, all over the place? 
you know what he kind of talks like he actually he can often talk in very sporadic sporadic ways so like he'll be like this that this that and i'm like whoa babe slow down like i I'm a, like it's like really it's not all the time but sometimes it happens he like gets excited so actually it's funny because like i feel like he does that more and then on the other side of things though he is very detail-oriented very planned very like not, when i say planned that's probably not the right word because he's really not good at planning i'm actually better at planning he's very like he's the kind of person he'll be like oh i need to run these very specific errands tomorrow and he will run those errands tomorrow and there's no issue whereas like i'm like oh i need to do laundry and like three weeks later i still haven't done laundry so like i don't he's like very self he doesn't have a he doesn't have that trouble like getting started he like if he needs to do something he does it and he gets it done and i find that incredible i like don't understand how anybody does that and one actually one of the reasons i got diagnosed with adhd was because he was working from home during the pandemic and i i i've been working for myself for 10 years i had basically never worked around someone else and i saw how he would just like sit at his desk all day and just work and he's an engineer and he would just work and do this like really hard brain stuff and he would just sit there and get it done i couldn't believe it I was yeah. like, is this how people work? Because I will sit for 20 minutes and then I'll get up and do something else. I, I could not believe how diligent he was about his work. And so that actually made me wonder what was wrong with me. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because I'm like your husband in that regard. Like I can sit at my computer and work for hours. Like I'll look yeah. up at the clock and I'll realize that like four hours had passed and I have not moved. I'm like, okay, well, this is not healthy. <laughs> this is not good. Yeah, I'm like, babe, take a break. Like <laughs> eat some <Yeah>. lunch. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I completely resonate with that. That's where that hyper-focus comes in, where you just literally tune out the rest of the world, which good and bad, yeah, I guess. That's true. Um, so uh, I want to talk about medication just for a second, because I'm sure people are going to be wondering yeah. about it. Um, if it's comes, if it's something you're comfortable talking about, of course, like you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but, um, Oh, absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm an open book. Okay, great. Um, so do you take medication for your ADHD or have you chosen not to take any? Yeah, this is a great question just because I am pregnant. So there's some, a lot, like a little bit more to it. Um, oh, that's, that's I very did true. start yeah. medication. Yeah. I started medication. Um, I can't even remember when, but it was like last fall. Um, you know, the, di the, the people ask me a lot about the, the getting diagnosed process and that is different everywhere. And I, I'm not an expert. What I can tell you is like, here in Canada, how it worked was I had to get in touch with my uh, my family doctor, um, and then they gave me the same like self -assess assessment that I gave myself, um, and then based on that, he referred me to a specialist. That then those wait lists get really long. I I was fortunate; it only took about a month. But some people I've seen like the same place now has a year long wait list. Um, and then I uh, had a call with them. They basically told me on the spot, they were like, you definitely have ADHD. Like, there's no question about it. Um, very validating. The only reason I needed, the two reasons I wanted to get diagnosed, one is I, I personally wanted that validation. Um, I was raised by scientists and I just needed a scientist to tell me that this was, like, this was happening. Um, I, the second reason was I wanted the option for medication. So the specialist then referred back to my family doctor what they recommended as the medication and then my family doctor called me to make an appointment and then i had to like have a like a heart test to make sure my heart was set. like so it was like all these steps i finally got the prescription um 
end of September, actually. Now I remember. Um, so from July to September, that's what was going on. And then I, uh, the medication I used for a few months, um, with pregnancy, it is not recommended to take stimulants. Um, there is very little research on this in with pregnancy in general, there's very little research on things because they can't do, you know, double blind studies on pregnant women and randomly assign pregnant women to do things that could be dangerous to their baby. So there's a lot of things in pregnancy that don't have solid scientific research. Um, and the only research they have on stimulants is on street cocaine use and obviously, which is like not regulated and, and like way higher doses of stimulants. Right. I'm, I'm my, my medication is not cocaine. So there's um, a little so they, bit of a difference there. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like caffeine's a stimulant, right? So it's just, it, it baffles me. And I've, it's, it has been a very frustrating process, but, um, I made the personal decision. There are pregnant people who decide to continue taking medication. And I think that's a personal choice. A lot of doctors will not allow it. They will not prescribe it. They will not give it to you. Um, it really depends on who you talk to. Um, we were in the place that when we were trying um, to, to conceive that even during that two week wait, I didn't take my medication. So I was having, there were several months where it was like, I took it for two weeks. I didn't take it for two weeks. The irony of that being, I told you I'm an open book. So I wanna share all this. Cause I feel like yeah. not only is this a medication thing need to be talked about, but like women's health and psych don't get talked about it like enough. So, and it all relates, right? Your hormones affect it. Ironically, like it's the second two weeks of your cycle where you, your ADHD symptoms often get worse. So like <laughs> I needed it more during that time, but I couldn't take it. Um, and then the second I obviously found out I was pregnant, I haven't taken my medication since um, then. So I've had at this point, um, eight, more than eight months of not taking it. I kind of forgot it exists. Um, I'm excited for the opportunity to use it again in the future. Um, I found it helpful, definitely. I also know that I spent, you know, 32 years of my life functioning without medication and that while it was helpful and while I did have issues and while ADHD is disruptive in my life, that I know I do have strategies for managing it. The last thing I want to say, though, is that I had a really, really hard time in the first half of my pregnancy with my ADHD symptoms. There was also a lot of pandemic stuff going on, so it could have been that as well. Um, but I was really, really, really struggling. Um, and and again, not a lot of research on the, you know, pregnancy and hormones and ADHD and like all of that. So. Um, that's been my personal experience. Other people have very different experiences. Some people, pregnancy, their ADHD symptoms like are less, mine were worse. Um, and I will say at this point, I feel pretty leveled out and that could be hormones too. That could be, maybe my symptoms are lower now because of my hormones. I don't know. It's like, sometimes it's hard to tell because it's all these like slight changes over time. Um, but yeah, that's been my, my personal experience with medication. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all of that and just diving into the hormone cycles too, because I didn't even think about that. And I didn't even realize that your symptoms got worse towards like the second half of the month. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, a lot, for a lot of people, anyway, some people know, like, again, it's like, <laughs> you just yeah. gotta get to know your own body. Yeah, for sure. And it's so interesting because I, I didn't know I had ADHD when I was pregnant. So I don't, I was trying to think back, like, did I have any symptoms? And I don't remember. So it'll be interesting when we have if we have another one, probably, I don't know. I'll have to keep an eye out for it. But yeah. 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 For, for me, it was like the brain fog. It was like, I couldn't, it, 
my, I called my doctor because I was like, can I please just take a small dose? And my doctor was, he was like, absolutely not. He was very like, and I actually do have like a stock of my medication and I could have, I decided not to, that was a personal choice on my part. But, um, I was like, I, um, I, I, when I talk about zero motivation, I mean, zero, it was like, I would just sit and stare at the wall and I, I didn't even feel alive. Like it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't depression. It was like apathy. It was like nothing. It was just like, I couldn't access any kind of ability to do anything. And now that you um, mentioned that I had the same thing now that, yeah, for the first, my first trimester was that exactly. It wasn't depression. Yeah. I thought it may have been because I didn't know what it was, but that's exactly what it was. I didn't do anything. I didn't feel like I could do anything. So yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. Just, and I was like, I'm not even present with like my, my experience. I'm just like, I'm not here. It was wild. It was awful. I hated it. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's so interesting. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I have tried to take medication in the past and it worked for a few hours, but then towards the end of it, I would go into those points, like into that feeling that we were just talking about, like that feeling of like, I call it being like a shell of myself. Like I I feel nothing. I feel literally nothing. Yes. Yes. I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So like it worked for a little while, but then that, like, I don't, I don't even know what to call it. Like the downward spiral, I guess, towards the end of the day, that's what it would feel like. And I was like, you know what? Like for me personally, I don't think my ADHD is at a point to where I want to experience that, that every day. Like you said, I've been living with this for 32 years up until this point. Like I, I know how to manage it now, maybe in the future, if Mm -hmm. it gets worse, then I will go that route. But, um, yeah, I'm just, I've turned to more natural methods personally, because I, I couldn't stand that feeling. Honestly, even my husband was like, you don't even seem like yourself right now. He's like, I don't, He's like, you're showing no emotions. And yeah, it was, it was bad. Fascinating. It's amazing to me. I mean, brain science is fascinating to me. Hormones are fascinating to me. How these, these little chemicals are, have so much power over these slight tweaks that affect our, our experience and, and in massive ways, but also subtle ways. It's, it's very interesting to me. It really is. No, I, I, I completely agree. Yeah. So I could literally talk to you about this for hours, (laughs) but I don't want to keep everybody listening for a ridiculous amount of time because if somebody has ADHD, they've probably fallen off. They're already gone. (laughs) Yeah. They're already gone. (laughs) Um, But I would love to know, do you, or have you found like one tip that works for you specifically that you could share with other people who either maybe they think they have ADHD or they know that they have ADHD, like what's something that they could do every day? Wallet keys, phone. (laughs) I love that. That, that has saved my life. Wallet keys, phone. I, um, we just installed a, uh, a touchpad, um, in our new place, a touchpad, uh, lock on our front door. So, um, I can't lock myself out. (laughs) <laughs> the apartment. Um, the problem is our building has a key. So like, I wouldn't be able to get in the building, but I could always find a neighbor to let me in the building. Um, but I can't lock myself out of my apartment, but every time I leave the house, I go wallet, keys, phone, wallet, keys, phone. And, and these days like face mask, water bottle, but like wallet, keys, phone, if I have that, um, I'm good. Um, so that has been a life saver for me. Yeah. That's, so that's easy. a great tip. 
Also, um, I want to plug your Facebook group too, because it's such an incredible community for people who have ADHD. So do you want to talk about that group a little bit? Yeah. So in my journey of, um, of like discovering I have ADHD and like learning that entrepreneurs are 300% more likely to have ADHD than the general population. I was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, I just, and I've always had this obsession with productivity and like, like now I know why, right? Because nothing works for me, but I also like love trying new strategies. So I'm just in this constant like journey of like, Ooh, this, Ooh, that, Ooh, that. Um, and so I want, I've just felt this, need to talk about this more and I also just wanting to connect with other um entrepreneurs who who either have ADHD think they might just like just resonate with some of the things we're talking about so I started the rebel productivity group on Facebook our rebel rebel productivity club and what I love about this group and you know tell me your thoughts but it it it's not a group that's like, okay, I'm the expert and like, you're in my group and we're going to talk. It's like really just people sharing relatable things that happen to them with ADHD and entrepreneurship, or just like asking questions or, um, or sharing like, Hey, I just learned this thing or that thing. And, and it just, it's like so cool because it's like, these are our people. Like we get each other, like we understand each other. And, and I, it, it helps me to feel like in those moments where I really want to beat myself up because I double booked myself for a yoga class. And then I got to the yoga class and I booked it at the wrong time. And then I forgot my yoga mat. And then I got home and I locked myself out and like all of that. I can just go post in the group and be like, hey, just did this. And everyone's like, yep, done that before <laughs> instead of making me feel like I need to get my act together. So um, yeah, if you just search uh, Rebel Productivity Club on Facebook, or I think it's, you know, facebook.com slash group slash Rebel Productivity or something like that. <laughs> I should know. Um, but ADHD, I do not know the link. You'll find it. You'll find us. Um, I'll and, put it in the show notes too. Yeah. I'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> awesome. Um, everyone's welcome to join. And yeah, it's just, a, I don't know. It's, it's nice to have a community that's not like, people pitching it's there's no goal there's no like i don't have an agenda in there except yes. for us to just hang out and share yeah and it's exactly what you mentioned it's literally just a community for people to like share about their experience with add share or adhd share funny memes of things that are completely <laughs> relatable yeah. to everybody's life i will admit i'm not in there as often, I try to not go on Facebook very often because I get way too distracted <laughs> with everything oh, yeah. happening in Facebook. But whenever I go in there, somebody will post something and I'm like, yep, that, that's me. I feel seen once again. <laughs> so if you yeah. do feel like you have it, or if you know that you have ADHD and you want a group of people who understand you and who can relate to you, I highly recommend coming into this group with us because it's just a really great place to be with people who get you. Um, so yeah, that is amazing. I'm so glad that we talked about that. But if somebody wants to connect with you, I know I mentioned your Instagram handle, it's Courtney Shaw. Um, and I'm going to spell that yeah. because just so you guys know, yeah. it's C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-C-H-A-A-L. So you guys can go there. Yeah, and two A's, not two L's. <laughs> yes, perfect. Um, do you, is there another place where people can connect with you or is that the best place? Yeah. Instagram's great. And then our website is at CourtneyShaw.com, same spelling. Um, and so, yeah, the, I feel like Instagram is probably like the best place to hang out. Come say hi, send me a DM. Let me know that you listen to the podcast. 
Um, I love to connect with people and uh, yeah, that's, you got it. You nailed it. Awesome. Love it. Great. Thank you so much for being here today, Courtney. Thank you for talking about this topic that I know a lot of people really don't want to talk about. So I'm glad that we discussed it and hopefully it helps even one person. So thank you again for being here. Thanks I really appreciate talking me. with you. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of the Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.